And here we are. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Make sure you tell somebody that you love and care about deeply about the podcast. I'm going to tell you about a podcast right off the bat. Uh, Fallon told me about this one, and I think one of the best ways we hear about podcasts is from our friends who recommend them. Uh, This one is called Dirty John. So when you're finished listening to this one... There's a podcast called Dirty John, and it's really interesting. It's about a woman who's a successful interior designer, like successful million-dollar, you know, whatever, income successful. And she's got a couple of daughters in their 20s, and this woman's 59, and she meets a guy. And he claims to be an anesthesiologist, claimed to work in Iraq with Doctors Without Borders, and it turns out, I'm only two episodes in, turns out that he's full of it, and none of it's true. And her daughters noticed this, but she didn't notice, and then she actually admitted that even if she found out it were true, she wouldn't care. And then I think at the end, he ends up attacking her, but not killing her, thank God. So Dirty John is another podcast to check out. But that's how people get their recommendations. That's how people learn about podcasts is um, friends tell them. So, hey, send a text message to someone that you think might enjoy this podcast and um, let them know that there is a podcast about the book and that it's about stuff that we don't talk about on the radio and stuff that we can't indulge in because there are certain things that, you know, I'd love to talk about them on the radio, but they just don't really fit. And we do have a limited amount of time on the radio. People get mad at me sometimes because I have to watch the clock. If you ever notice, here's a little tidbit of information. If you ever listen to the radio, you'll notice that we try to get into commercials by about four minutes before each quarter hour. So at 11 past, 26 past, uh, and then the the one on the 45 quarter hour doesn't matter that much, and then probably by about 56 past, we try to be in commercials. So the problem with that is, and this is some inside scoop. I wouldn't see this is one of the things I would never talk about this on the radio because it's just weird and who cares. But here on the podcast, we get to share things that we don't normally get to share, um, and it's we have to be in the commercials by then to maximize our ratings efficiency. So that's why sometimes I'll have to cut Steve or Fallon short or even myself or a caller or whatever because we have to be in there. A lot of the time we don't make it, then the boss gets mad and blah, blah, blah. So, um, But listen, thanks for recommending the podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, whether you've listened to every one of them, there are now 41 of them, including this one, or whether you listened to just the last couple, um, I appreciate you listening. And you can check out our website to the uh, Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. And also you can um, send an email anytime with thoughts or comments or whatever to Ryan show at kdwb.com. As a matter of fact, if you give me a moment here, I'm going to look at an email that I got from one of our regular listeners of the podcast. And that is Nathan. Uh, Nathan is a definite regular podcast listener. And I appreciate that one. So I'm going to pull up his email really quick here if I can find it. And here is what he says. Um, Because, listen, Nathan's not the only person who sends in emails. But um, Nathan has been listening for a while. And I appreciate his insight, your insight. I'd love to hear more from you. But uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about whether you should flush the toilet, or actually whether you should wash your hands after going to the bathroom. And we got in a long philosophical discourse about whether you waste resources, heat, water, energy, paper towels, trees, and more energy to wash and dry your hands to avoid something 
transferring disease, which probably isn't much of a danger anyway. So it's an interesting philosophical debate. Always wash your hands after number two, of course, because that's gross. But when you just pee and you don't touch anything dirty, um, and then you wash your hands, you're trying to prevent the spread of disease, but in the meantime, wasting resources to prevent something that's probably not going to happen either. Anyway, Nathan says, regarding resources and their use, you had talked about the impact of washing your hands and whether or not it's wasteful given the resources it consumes, the water, the water heater, um, the paper towel or energy, blah, blah, blah. I have come to the conclusion that there is a balance that needs to be met between wasting excess and preventing germs from spreading. For instance, it might be irresponsible to leave the water running while you're brushing your teeth and not using it, but you should still brush your teeth because it's good hygiene. In the grand scheme of things, I'd use up more. It'd use up more resources if you didn't wash your hands because you'd likely end up going to the doctor because you're sick due to the germs you could have washed off your hands. It's similar to how some people are so passionate about getting the last drop of toothpaste out of the tube. Yes, I do that to save a couple of pennies, but then we'll drive an SUV that guzzles gas. Which one has a bigger effect on the environment or their wallet? The SUV by far, but people will justify it by saying they need the SUV to cart around their kids, drive in the snow, etc., etc. It's an interesting paradox. Nathan writes more, but uh, Nathan, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, isn't it funny how you know we'll put recycling bins out by the curb and we'll make sure that we throw everything that's recyclable into the recycling bin. We don't want to throw aluminum cans in the trash or Dasani water bottles or whatever, but then we do drive an SUV that gets 14 miles to the gallon, usually with one person behind the wheel. That's why in the summertime, I love driving my riding my motorcycle to work because, shoot, it gets like 50 miles to the gallon and um, it might not be as convenient or safe as a car, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so other things right now, we are talking about it's Sunday afternoon. And by the time you listen to this, unless you listen on Sunday afternoon, January 21st, 2018, if you listen anytime after that, you listen after the Vikings game, you're going to know how the game turned out tonight. I will know how the game turned out by the time we all listen to the podcast after the game. But in the meantime, this town is a buzz. This town cannot get enough of Skull, the Skull Challenge, Purple. I went to Target yesterday to buy a t-shirt, and they were sold out of anything Vikings, but they did have Super Bowl 52 shirts, so I got one. I'm wearing it right now. Um, and I figure, well, if they win today and they go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be glad I have a Super Bowl 52 shirt. And if they don't win, well, it's still a Super Bowl shirt, so whatever, cool souvenir. Um, but this is really an exciting time for the Vikings and for people who live in Minnesota. I'm a Broncos fan, and my Broncos went to the Super Bowl for the first time in 1977. They lost painfully, 27-10 to the uh, Dallas Cowboys, and I'll never forget it. They were never even really in the game. 27-10 doesn't sound like a blowout, but it was. It was a terrible game. The Broncos got one touchdown late in the game, and it was a heartbreaker. And then they went back three more times, and they lost. They finally got their win in the 1997 season against Green Bay. And that feeling is like no other. I've said this for years. It's like I want the Vikings fans to experience what that feels like to have a Super Bowl championship team. And it sucks that they never have. I mean, in the 55, 58 years of the Vikings, they've never experienced having a Super Bowl championship team. And that sucks. And I get annoyed with the Vikings for doing that. But, you know, you deserve, if you're a Vikings fan, you deserve to know what that's felt like because you've been here cheering them on, buying their shirts, buying their tickets, watching their games, uh, uh, patronizing their sponsors for all these years. You deserve to know what that feels like. 
And I hope you do. I compared it to, uh, you know, you before we ever have sex, we go, well, what's it like? I wonder what it feels like. I wonder what it's like. And then we do. And, you know, even though usually the first time isn't that great, but once you, it's a weird analogy, but once you know how awesome it can be, well, now you know, and you'll forever know what that feels like. So I hope they do it. I hope they go to the Super Bowl, and I hope they win. If it's the Patriots and the Eagles, I am probably going to still watch the Super Bowl, but I couldn't give a shit who wins, except probably I want the Patriots to lose because I'm so bored with the Patriots. I don't dislike the Patriots. I don't disrespect the Patriots, but I'm so bored with the Patriots. Who cares? I made a joke on Twitter a week ago that watching the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, for me, if I'm not a Patriots fan, is kind of like going to Iowa on vacation every summer when I never really wanted to go to Iowa in the first place. And a lot of people really related to that because I got about 700 likes on that tweet. So I think you know where I'm coming from. Okay, so I have to tell you about something. And if you're not a big football fan, stay with me on this one because I read a book that I wish I had it in front of me right now. It's downstairs on the kitchen counter. Um, I'm going to loan it to PA from uh, KFan to see if he wants to read it. And it's called Monsters, the 1985 Chicago Bears and the Wild Heart of Football. And they call it Monsters because back in their early days, the Chicago Bears were known as the Monsters of the Midway. And it's all about the 1985 Bears. Three thoughts on that one. You either remember because you were alive and grown up enough to remember the 1985 Bears, or you love football, or you love the Bears. Any of those reasons is enough to read this book. It's such a good book. I remember the Bears. I've never been that big of a Bears fan. I like the Bears, even though they're in the Vikings division. Remember, I'm a Broncos fan first, so I can still like the Bears. I like I like the Packers, too. Um, but I read this book because I remember the hype of the 1985 Chicago Bears and Refrigerator Perry and how he got a touchdown in the Super Bowl, even though he was like a two, like a 350-pound um, lineman. They handed him the ball, and he got a touchdown. By the way, Walter Payton was really pissed about that because Walter Payton was Walter Payton, and he did not get a touchdown in that Super Bowl, and it really pissed him off that they gave it to Refrigerator Perry. There was Jim McMahon with the sunglasses, and they did the Super Bowl shuffle that year, and all these great players, and they just killed the New England Patriots in the 1985-86 season Super Bowl. Well, the book is all about the people and how it came to be and how the Bears, you know, came to be and the, the and, and Ditka and all of that. And uh, it's such a good book. But I want to read a couple of excerpts from the book because I think it's really worth reading these. Give me a second. I'm going to pull it up on my phone here. Um, and so this is talking about how Mike Ditka, the coach of the Bears then, lived football. He basically ruined his health, ruined his heart, just stressed himself out so much but while coaching that, that he had to stop. So they're talking about Tom Landry. Tom Landry was the legendary Dallas Cowboys coach, coached for 29 years. But somebody wrote this, Landry coached for 29 years, but you can only do that if you have a calm demeanor and a balance in your life, something other than football. But to Mike Ditka, Football was life, and it's not something to base a life on. It's not dependable. Now, here's where it gets interesting and applies to anything that we are super passionate or consumed about. 
It's about balance. They went on to say, that's what Walter Payton said about the fame and fortune of football. It's vapor. When it's gone, it's gone. Somebody breaks the records, the money gets spent, and it's gone before you know it. Hey, listen, you and I will probably never play professional football. Um, but I think there's a, something to that with life. If you concentrate too much on any one thing, um, you know, eventually, I don't know, it goes away. Um, you know, you concentrate too much on your job. I think the only thing to concentrate a lot on is your, probably your family and your health. I just thought it was a really good uh, paragraph. Let me read another one here. And this is really interesting. They're talking about why the Chicago Bears had such a great 1985 season and basically sucked. They might have gone to the playoffs after that, but they did not make it to the Super Bowl. And they're giving all the reasons, everything from the quarterback to the coach to this one. It was the players. They lost their focus. They went soft. And they bought into the hype. It was the Super Bowl itself that undid them, the narcotic of winning, the trophy and the parades and the party that erupted in every room they entered. In short, the Bears sold out. Quote, Walter Payton, we had the same players as the year before, but not the same desire, not the same hunger. And I love this paragraph. And I think it's one of the reasons why some people, like a Tom Brady, keep hungry year after year. But listen to this. You've seen it in a hundred movies. Every time some yokel wins the lottery or strikes oil, how quickly he forgets who he is and where he comes from. He leaves in denim and returns in velvet. And I think that's very true. Um, I've been doing this business for a long time and I've seen everything from celebrities to fellow DJs start to believe their own hype until they become unbearable. And they're no longer effective. They're a celebrity. And that is a dangerous place to be. And I saw this in the book and I thought, that's really interesting. Hey, the book is called, uh, there's two books we want to talk about, Monsters and then my book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything. I'm going to look at my notes really quick here to see if there's anything that I missed that I wanted to talk to you about this weekend. Oh, now nah, I'm going to save that for another, another week because it is so random that I'll just save it for another week. Uh, okay, so my book is on Kindle and it's on Amazon and it's on itaskabooks.com. And if you want to buy it and mail me a copy, mail me your copy, I will sign it for you and mail it back to you. So just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to, you ready? You ready? You ready? Uh, Dave Ryan, KDWB, 1600 Utica Avenue South. That's U-T-I-C-A South, Utica Avenue South, uh, Minneapolis 55416. So we're looking at chapter 50. And I opened it up. You know, we try to do a chapter in the book every week. And I just randomly opened it up this week because we've covered so many chapters. I'll be honest with you. We're kind of running out of chapters a little bit. We should have about half left to go. But some of them don't really lend themselves to an entire podcast. So this one I opened up to one that I really like. Number 50, live within your means. This is something my mom and dad taught me years ago. And I've never, even when I made, I think at one time I made $725 a month. And I always had $10, $12, $15 left over at the end of every pay period. 
because I always live within my means. I'm not bragging. It's just something that I learned that I've never had a problem with. I got my first credit card from Sears when I was probably 18 or 20 or 21 years old with a $200 limit. And I never had a problem with my Sears credit card. I didn't get another another credit card until I was probably 24, 25. So I just, whatever reason, I'm not a big spender. I like to spend on certain things and indulge on certain things like magic tricks. I know that's dumb, but then motorcycles, but I always live within my means. Let me read this chapter to you. Uh, and hopefully you can relate to this. I'm going to jump to the conclusion that you floss regularly, pay your bills on time, and rarely speed drunkenly through school zones. Uh, I'm also hoping that you resist the temptation to max out your visa for that new TV with the 3D Dolby surround sound featuring mega bass taint massager. <laughs> That's funny. I grew up without a lot of money, which has served me well. To me, a trip to the Black Hills is still today a kick-ass vacation. I don't need a $5,000 per person Mediterranean cruise to feel like I made the most of my time. I drive a 10-year-old car. Okay, I'll admit it's a really nice 10-year-old car. But I don't feel the need to show off to my neighbors by getting a new model every three years. And let's face it, no one's ever really impressed with your car anyway, unless you're in high school and being judged by the quality of the stereo. I know a lot of people who earn good money and should have enough to plop some into a 401k every month. But instead, they're pretty much broke. They're late on their credit card payment, borrowing from their parents to make house payments, and are saying no to braces for their kids because they have a shiny new Mustang, a new jacuzzi on their back deck, and just got back from a week in Aruba. I think the simple concept of never spend more than you earn is an easy one to follow, and I heartily recommend it. It's easier to sleep at night in a bed you already paid for than to lay awake in worry on your diamond-encrusted deluxe dream-o-rama. I'll throw in one more tip on avoiding a life of living paycheck to paycheck. This is so powerful, and it sounds mean, and it sounds bad and judgmental, but it's so true. Don't have a kid if you can't afford to take care of it. Don't. Condoms and birth control are much cheaper. You should not have to be wealthy to have a kid. But that's the way it is. Not wealthy, but you should have enough to have a kid. Even poor people should be able to have a kid, and they can. But if you want to have a good life and you want to have the kid, your kid have a good life, do not have a kid that you can't afford. I've seen it happen so many times in my family um, and my extended family. Um, a family member had four kids. They haven't worked in years. They're on disability. Um, and it's questionable whether the disability is real, to be honest. But they keep having kids. Another part of our family, they think it's the greatest thing in the world to have kids. And the grandmother's like, have more grandbabies, have more grandbabies, have more grandbabies. Fuck no, stop. Don't have more than you can afford because you want to live in a safe neighborhood. Provide them with nice things and nicer clothes. You don't have to be rich, but I really believe that. Don't have a kid if you can't afford to take care of it. But wait, I read on. People cry. That's not fair. You're saying only rich people should have kids. No, I'm saying only attractive people should have kids. There are way too many ugly people out there. Okay, but seriously. Having a kid means expenses such as diapers, daycare, and swings that hang from the doorway and bounce up and down. But wait, there's so much more. Every kid should grow up with more than just the bare minimums for survival. That means hockey equipment, Girl Scout uniforms, and a clarinet for the band. If you can't give a child something more than the basics, put off becoming a parent until you can. Life will be a lot more enjoyable for both of you. While we're on this, don't have a baby with someone who's shown no responsibility in their life. 
They will not be there for you financially or otherwise. You'll have at least 18 years of hard work and expenses to face on your own if you make a baby with that person. The fastest path to a life of never having enough money is to have a child you can't afford to take care of. It's the first toppling domino in a chain of being broke for life. I'm going to be real honest with you. I read Christmas wishes every year, and it's heartbreaking how I read so many about how they have four kids or five kids or six kids with six different dads, and the dad is in prison, and now they're in a position where they need a Christmas wish. They don't even have food on the table. Having kids with people that are not responsible is not an option. It's not an option for you if they've never shown a sign of responsibility or integrity or truthfulness or work ethic. Do not get pregnant with them. Don't get pregnant with that guy. And uh, and I'll tell you, if you're a guy too, if she's never shown any signs of integrity, work ethic, uh, anything like that, do not have a baby with someone like that. Is this preachy? Absolutely. Do you already know it? Absolutely you do. But there must be people who don't know it because it still happens. Okay, hey, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to episode two of season two of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything. I appreciate all your feedback. If you give me some feedback, uh, you can send me an email to Ryan Show. Or actually, don't do that one. Send it to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. And uh, you can also check out our Facebook page and leave comments on there or any ideas or something you have learned in life. That's an interesting one. Text me or, or not text me, but email me something you have learned in life so the rest of us can avoid that painful experience of learning it for ourselves. Have a great week. I promise it won't be two weeks until the next podcast. Um, and just think, by the time you hear this, the mystery that I'm all that I'm going through right now, will the Vikings win? will be resolved one way or another. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything. <laughs>